is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Hey guys, welcome to Upbeat, and thank you very much for being here and for listening in today. If you would, please follow the podcast wherever you're listening to it right now. That is always super appreciated, so thank you for that. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, I connected with a guy on Instagram. His name is Jeff Lopes, and he's doing incredible things. Uh, and we just got talking in the DMs, and we decided that we were going to be on each other's podcasts. <laughs> so here it is. Here's Jeff's episode. Uh, but before we dive in, let me share with you a little bit more about him. First, Jeff is a family man and a proud father of two very talented children. Second, he has built an insane resume over the last 24 years as a skilled serial entrepreneur starting businesses, uh, where his passion for building brands has ultimately led him to building globally known brands like Kimoraware from his home basement to now being multi-million dollar corporations. Uh, and this specific corporation, Kimoraware, has now sold over a quarter million pairs of boxing gloves worldwide, which is crazy. Uh, and just in the last 12 years, 10 to 12 years, he has doubled down on specifically building passive income so that he can spend more time with his family and helping coach and mentor young entrepreneurs. So he created True Blue Homes and he began his journey and investment into vacation rentals. Uh, but all in all, Jeff's purpose is fatherhood and his passion is teaching fellow father entrepreneurs a balance between dad and business guiding them to build family memories, financial freedom, and happiness. And that's exactly what we talk about in this episode. Again, thanks guys for being here. If you can't tell by now, Jeff is one genuine and talented dude. Uh, so you're going to love this episode. Let's get into it. Jeff, thank you very much for joining me on Upbeat. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm grateful for uh, you inviting me. This is a uh... This is a relationship that started a couple of weeks ago, and it's, uh, I look at us as being friends for a long time, so I'm excited to be on your show, buddy. Awesome. Same here. Thank you very much for connecting. I think uh, we were able to connect on Instagram, which just shows people the, the power of these social media platforms if you get messaging with people, you know? <laughs> oh, this is so powerful. It's, it's, you never know till you ask, right? And it's just interacting with people and, and, and meeting people is just, it's, you're opening up your doors so much, especially in the business world, right? If you're scared to take the next step and ask people, you're never going to be able to open up the doors, right? I mean, what's the worst by asking somebody to be on your podcast or, or by connecting with somebody, what's the worst thing you're going to do is say no, you move on, right? So you have to be able to uh, be very open to uh, connecting with other people, individuals, it's just opening up your, your, your almost like your, your, your book on, on connections, right? Which is very important. Very, very important. Uh, well, just to jump into this, uh, I love starting with story. So if you could just share with us maybe even what you were like as a kid, you know, your journey leading up to this point, what life was like for you and kind of your journey. I mean, I was, I could honestly say I was, when you sit back now as a 43-year-old and look at my journey as a kid, I probably had every inspiration of being an entrepreneur, not realizing it. My my grandfather and my family tree, my grandfather um, back in Portugal, I'm from Toronto, Canada, back in Portugal was uh, a serial entrepreneur, a developer. And in our family tree, he was the only one that was an entrepreneur. And and as a kid, it just his stories and every time we talked to him on the phone or if we'd go to Portugal for the summer, I was magnified by his stories and, and how he ran his businesses and how he was always on the go. And, and it kind of inspired me. And as a kid, I remember even like 12 years old, 13 years old, 
going to getting my dad to drop me off at a sports card expo every weekend. And I would just buy packs of cards and open them up and, and go to dealers and sell, 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 and then leave with a hundred bucks in my pocket on a Saturday as a, as a 12, 13 year old. And so I've always had that hustle. Um, when I turned 17, I was just about to turn 17. I actually registered my first business and a uh, little story is my, I, I used to, after high school, it was, we were 16, we were in high school. Me and my friends would go to a, a shopping mall that was about 15, 20 minutes from um, where we, um, where the school was. And, and a couple of my buddies had part-time jobs at these retailers. And, and I would talk to the managers. I would hang out at the mall, at the, the food court. And we talked to the managers and they would always have the same stories. After school, kids are always stealing. Kids are always stealing. And I thought, you know what? There's got to be an opportunity here. So I ended up asking my parents for 250 bucks. I paid 60 bucks, registered a sole partnership company. I bought two security, two and ended up being four jackets that said security on the back and a few walkies, registered a business, got some business cards, went back about a week and a half to those actual retailers. And I said, listen, what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to put a loss prevention. So a security guard at the front of your stop from three to seven o'clock, that's the highest traffic when you have kids coming in and out stealing. And that's to be deterrent. That's all you need is a deterrent. They're going to go to the next store. They don't want to be bothered. They see a security guard up here. And back then I was charging the stores 13 bucks an hour and I hired all my buddies from high school and I was paying them 550 to six bucks an hour. And that was my first business. And, and at one point I had a contract with God, six, six, seven uh, little retailers in this mall. And I was making good money. The only problem is my buddies would end up calling in sick or not wanting to go. And then I ended up taking the shift and it got to the point where I was just working crazy hours. I was getting family members to work hours. And my parents were like, this is getting too crazy. You're still got to focus on your school. And I ended up selling the company. I ended up selling it back then for 2,500 bucks to another gentleman, paid my dad back to 250, kept the rest of the money until this day, this guy still actually owns that company. It was called Strictly Security Services. And that was my first taste with being an entrepreneur at 17, right? And from there on, it evolved. When I was 19, I started my first real company, which was my fashion was uh, fitness. I was really into working out and taking care of myself. And I started a consulting company called um, Millennium Bodies. And what we did was we would consult with gyms. And then we had a personal training division where I had six or seven trainers working for me. And we'd drop them all. We'd actually get contracts with in-home personal training. So we'd I'd, somebody would hire us, want a trainer to go to their house. I'd send one of the trainers to our house. I pay the trainer a certain amount. I would receive the extra from the client. And, and I started running that business. I ran that for about three, four years and it just kept on going. And until we are till today, I've probably named about seven or eight companies I've started, sold, and, and I've been back and forth venturing since, since I was, like I said, 19. So that's hey. a, mean a little nutshell business-wise. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like you've got some real experience over, I think you said, uh, 24 years of experience, you know, with being an entrepreneur and starting businesses and building brands. Um, so I always ask this too, being that this is a passion podcast, largely it's turned into more entrepreneurial and personal development, but I, I always ask about passion. Seems to me like you've got a few, um, but I'm, I'm wondering what, what you would say is your number one passion and maybe your original passion. Yeah. So, I mean, originally, I mean, my passion was fitness and, 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 and it changed. I mean, it was, I was very money driven. So I, I would find niches in fields. Um, I had a sports memorabilia business for a few years and we would pay athletes to sign memorabilia and sell it, sell it on eBay and sell it through. Um, we had contracts with, I would say we, but I had contracts with all the charity events, uh, Big Brothers, Big Sisters, United Way. And we would, we would actually do all their golf tournaments, their galas. We'd set up a live auction. We put a minimal value on a product. We put like a signed memorabilia piece and say, this is $200. Everything up and above goes to the charity. 
So there was no cost on their part. And we would set up all these tables with all these live auctions and we would run all these live auctions and we'd make a killing every night doing events on Fridays, Saturdays. So it would be two events, two nights a week. We do events and, and, and we're doing financially really, really well off that. So it's, it's my passion was always money driven. And then uh, 12 years ago, this is a little quick story. 12 years ago when my son was born, um, my, my passion was very money driven prior, but at that point, everything changed. My purpose of life in general had changed when he was born. He spent the first four months of his life at uh, Sick Kids Hospital, and um, just a little quick version of this is a long story, a quick little version. We went through hell and back. We almost lost him about five, six times. And when he was discharged from the hospital, they had to give us um, a diagnosis to discharge him, and they diagnosed him with CP, cerebral palsy, and. I had done my research. I was so involved with all the doctors through the whole process. And that was one of the reasons he actually made it home because there's a lot of parents that weren't involved as, as I was. I was there 24 seven. I was seven, those four months of my life, I completely stopped all my companies. I would just focus on getting my son out of the hospital. And when they gave me that diagnosis, that moment, my purpose changed. It was not about business, not about anything. My purpose was I got to get this kid to walk and he's not going to be in a wheelchair his whole life. He's not going to be stuck in this, in the, in this, in this, in this label of being a several palsy. Cause I knew once you label something as several palsy, whether it's driver's license, whether it's being the army, whether later on in life, a lot of things would be held back for him, his opportunities. So I literally refused to sign the papers. I kind of actually ripped them up and I threw them back at the doctor and I took my son home and, and that's when the journey began. And, and I spent the last 12 years of my life so focused on him and, and getting him from, taking his first steps to getting him into AFO's braces to, they said he would be with braces till he was 18. As of last September, 2019, he's out of his braces. And as a 12 year old, if you guys will go spend a second, look at my Instagram feed, I put always post pictures of him in videos. He's getting ready, ready to run his first marathon. So that was my obsession. And, and I've always been like that driven. When I put my focus on something, I believe that you could do anything you put your mind to. So that, that come when we turn towards business with that, that, drove me to understand that I had to spend a lot of time at home with my, my family. And I started focusing on passive income. So I, I started now investing into vacation rentals and I built a good portfolio of vacation rentals and that passive income plus my other business, which is my main business we'll get to in a sec, actually kept me flowing and it, and it forced, not enforced me, it, it allowed me to get into a situation where I call it three to seven for the last 10 years of my life from three to seven o'clock. And you know, that we are trying to get the hours of the podcast. I'm home. I don't care what I do from three to seven o'clock as family time, whether it's taking my kids to baseball games, whether it's, it's doing recitals with my daughter, whether it's having the family dinner and just talking about life and, and, and interacting with each other. But three to seven, that's, that's, I don't care. Business, phones, everything is off. I'm, I'm, I focus on my family at that time. And that's something I've been doing for 10 years. And it's, and it's allowed me to have a purpose and, and, and a balance in my life where my business is everything I've done has, has exploded. And I still, I could honestly tell you, I've never missed one at all event of my children, whether it's whether it's a graduation, whether it's like I said, a recital, a baseball, I've never missed a moment or 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 a special day in their lives for the last ten years, and and I build my schedule, which I, I I'm very schedule oriented. Everything I do has to be on a schedule, very schedule oriented, and, and I build my schedule around my family life. So I put my family life, my schedule first. Everything else is built around it. So that's pretty much me in the nutshell. And 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 right now for the last 15 years, my main business is a company called Kamora, where which is we develop and we um, we develop 
we design martial art and boxing equipment and we, and we furnish it on a wholesale basis to 1800 gyms right across North America. So that's another, that's, that's actually my biggest company right now. And that, man, there's so much to, to, to talk about. I feel like I was about to just jump right into KimuraWare and how, how you got started with it. But I actually would really like to, to focus on, you know, being a family man and balance. I think that's really, Jeff, what, what sets you apart is, and I think you know that too, with some of your future endeavors and your current yeah. ones with coaching, but there are dads that listen to this podcast, you know, and there are people who, who I know can learn a lot from you. So I want to jump into that more. Like what can people do, you know, just right out the gate that they can start today to just make sure that they're improving their balance in life and like allowing family time and business time. Like how were you able to grow these big companies and also, you know, have time with, with your family? And then the business is like a baby as well. You have to give it, you have to dedicate the time to grow any type, anything you want. You have to dedicate time and effort into it, right? I'm going to go back to two points is, is one is schedule. You have to be crisp on your schedule. When I mean crisp, my schedule, if I, if I'm going to be, if I'm going to be having a meeting from one to one fifteen, it's from one to one fifteen, and, and allocate if things go over, what I mean is if I have a meeting from one to one fifteen, and if I go over an extra 10 minutes, I actually allocate that to my end of my night or my morning. So you first off as a dad, you have to understand that your family businesses come and go. Your family is, it should be number one priority. It's plain and simply number one priority. I always, and this goes not even to your children and your wife, but I always go to even your parents and your grandparents. I absolutely hate, and this is my biggest pet peeve is when I, when I sit down with, with another entrepreneur or I talk to another individual and they're always like, Oh, my grandfather or my dad just passed away. And I wish I said this, or I wish I spent more time with them. Bullshit. You have the opportunity when they're alive, do it, live in the moment. Don't think of I'll do this next week or I'll give my mom a call next week. That's all bullshit. I go, if, if they're alive, I'm 43 years old, Parker. And I still call my mom every morning. And every night, but when I wake up, I call my mom. And when I go to bed, I call my mom every night to have a little conversation with her. My parents live about half an hour from me. And I still drive down to Toronto two, three times a week just to have a coffee with them. You need to understand that life is so short. You have to appreciate the moments you have with these people and these, your family members, your loved ones. Enjoy the time with them. Schedule. Go through your kid's schedule. Go through your wife's schedule. Find balance. Figure out what times they need you present. The work could work around that. You could balance your work schedule around that. And then the third is, is getting your ass up early. I'm up at 4.30 every spring and morning. And, and I've been doing that for so many years. And the reason I'm up at 4.30, people are like, oh, that's extreme. That's No, I'm up at 4.30 because from 4.30 to 9 o'clock, I get a big chunk of my day done. Waking up at that time has allowed me to allocate my 3 to 7 o'clock being home and turning on everything off. Because if I was up at 8 o'clock and in the office by 9.00, those hours I missed, I want to be able to be home three to seven and not focus on business because there's no way I would succeed. My business would fail. Those extra three hours or four hours times it by seven days times it by how many 52 weeks a year. Like there's no way I would be where I am today. So you have to sacrifice other things and, and, and understanding that I'm going to be in bed by a certain time. I'm going to be up by a certain time. I'm going to work at this period of the day and it's going to allow me the time to allocate towards my family and my kids and build those relationships. I think that's the first thing is the scheduling. I think the next important thing is building memories. I always tell everybody, it's, there are certain things you want to do with building memories. There's two aspects of it. The first is building memories that are going to 
be with you forever. When I'm talking about like simple road trips, I'm a huge, huge proponent for road trips. I love road trips. I think we talked about it. There's nothing more special than getting in your car with your family and going for a 12 or 10 hour drive somewhere. And believe it or not, those are probably the most miserable times when it's happening. Kids throwing up in the car, kids got to go to the bathroom, people are upset, people are arguing. But when you sit back, sit back and actually look at those memories two years, a year later, everybody's laughing about them. They're probably the most special times of your life. My father was a blue collar Ford worker, worked at Ford Motors for 30 years, or two weeks day, two weeks night. So two weeks a month, I would barely see my father. But every summer, he would block off his four weeks and we would jump in the car for how many years and drive from Toronto to Cape Cod, rent a little shack near the beach. And that road trip was, till this day, at 40 years old, 43 years old, was the best memories I have. And they're the greatest memories that I appreciate. And I tell my dad on, on a regular basis, I'm blessed he's still around, that I appreciate what he did for us. And those road trips are amazing. So I look at that and, 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 and focus on road trips. It's your force to be in a confined car. Enjoy yourself. Plan vacation time. Um, plan one day a week that's completely family time. My Sundays are family time. So Sundays is our day that we wake up and as a family, jump in the car and we go do something, whether it's go for ice cream. Every Sunday, we have to do something as a family. So this scheduling, allocating time and building memories is so, so important. Yeah, I would I could agree. Go on, I could go on forever, but let the listen. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, a lot of that was you know resonating with me because my specific situation, uh, you know, I was raised by a single mom the majority of my life. And, you know, for, for, I look outward to people who have both parents like active in their life. And I just kind of think, you know, what a privilege to have both parents, like don't waste that, you know, make sure you spend time with both parents. But also for me, I mean, I have my mom around, uh, and it's up to me to make sure that I take advantage of those times with my mom. Uh, but especially, yeah, if you have all your, your parents and your grandparents and your kids still around, like everyone's still around, it's so important to just be present and make that the number one priority. I did a post the other day and, and, and actually resonated because I actually had a, quite a few DMs from it. But a lot of people aren't aware. And there's actually been a study that says 80% of the face time you have with your children is before the age of 18. Wow. So you sit back and think about it through a whole lifetime, 80%. And that's such a massive number of the time you're going to actually hang out and talk to your kids is before the age of 18. So you have to make use of those times and you have to build the memories of those times. That's so, a really so crazy study. <laughs> yeah, crazy yeah, it's study. a crazy, it's a crazy, crazy stat when you think about it. But it's very true because once kids get into college or out of high school and they start hanging with their friends, they start getting their own relationships, they start getting married. Like things, things start separating. People move. They move to different states for work. They move to different places for college. So it's 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 very important as a parent to appreciate and build as many memories as you can with your kids. I'm a very. I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you one little thing too. Is I'm a very huge proponent of, of, of photos. I love taking photos. I think we talked about it before is I always tell all my, my father entrepreneurs I talk to is, is, is take as many photos as you can and develop them. Because I think the biggest thing we don't do is develop photos and there's nothing more special than an actual developed photos. And I think it's so precious. We have those memories on paper because everybody could take photos of their pictures with their, their phone. And all of a sudden you lose your phone. Or, or something happens on your system or, or you just forget about these pictures and you just, you leave them to the side and you don't even think about them. If you develop a picture and put it in an album 
that album is sitting there. It's a physical thing that you could smell, you could touch, you could feel. It's special. Like how many times we de- we develop all our pictures? How many times I go up on a Sunday and I always tell everybody, I go up on a Sunday or a Saturday afternoon, my kids are just chilling in their rooms and they're on the floor and flipping on the bedroom floor, flipping through the albums, laughing at memories of photos of six years, five years ago. Like how special is that? The other day, and I, I was I, I was talking about this the other day too, is I, my my son, we went to we went to uh, my dad, my parents' home, and my dad pulled out an album of him in the army, and he's just black and white old photos, and they smell old. And my son was so amazed, like that's Grandpa Joe with the monkey, that's Grandpa Joe with the gun, like, and he's seeing these black and white photos of my dad, and it's like, where, how else could he, how else could he have these memories locked into his head? Now, now he has these memories locked into his head, and he actually asked my my dad for a photo so he could put it in his bedroom, like. How precious. I, I, in my office, I got, this is one desk. I got the other studio over there and I got pictures of my dad and my army. I got pictures of my family. Everywhere I look at my whole desk has got about 30 pictures on it around the desk. Like it's so special having those. So develop pictures, develop, develop, develop pictures. I, I mean, it's gonna, it's, it's something that goes on from generation to generation, generation, right? You just keep passing it on down. Absolutely. I think we hit the the family life and the balance and, and uh, I don't want to do this episode and not talk about Kimura wear and what you've yeah. been able to do with that. So uh, if you could just share with us like how the idea started and then the journey from where you started with that and where it is now. Yeah. The, it, the journey started in, um, it actually started in 2005, 2005. Um, I've been on and off in martial arts as a participant, like just training for God, since I can remember as a kid on and off. And it's always been something I had passion for. And when the UFC started, started to actually slowly, slowly start getting some momentum, start building itself as a brand. I I saw the upside. I saw there was, there was an opportunity there. So um, that's when I started making samples, started testing. And we actually started as an apparel, apparel company in 2006. I launched a company January 20, 2006 as an apparel company. It was um, performance training shorts and uh, t-shirts. That was all it was. And, and I quickly um, got connected to many of the UFC fighters and we started doing walkout shirts. We were actually probably one of the first brands that do, if, if not the first brand to do walkout shirts. And at one point we had sponsorship agreements with about 20, 25 UFC fighters. We still have all the photos of them all walking out to the ring, to the cage with their Kamora custom-made shirts and all that stuff. And we had a, we had a great little relationship with all of them. And, and, and that started building and we were selling shirts like crazy and we're doing amazing. And the UFC started taking off and we're riding that wave. And then all of a sudden these bigger dogs came in, like companies like Tap Out and Infliction, all these other massive brands that had a lot of money. They, were, they started dumping a lot more money in these athletes. And as they started dumping more money in the athletes, I, I realized I couldn't compete with them on an apparel line. And, and I'm the type of person, when it comes to business, I never fall in love with my business. And that's rule number one for an entrepreneur. Do not fall in love with your business. Understand that in any moment you have to alter and shift, you do it. And I realized at that moment, I had to alter and shift where my game plan was going. And I realized that I wasn't going to be able to compete in the apparel line and in a performance apparel line with these big companies are throwing millions of dollars in advertising. And I switched automatically to training equipment. And I thought, you know what? These guys are coming up. There's going to eventually be a time when that, that, that wave is going to start coming down and I got to be out of there. So I automatically switched within about a year and a half, not even probably less into started to focusing on equipment and focusing on building a brand around affordability, but high quality of equipment that people could 
sell and, and, and resell and stuff like that and it's still profit. So what I meant by that is a lot of these brands that are already in the market for equipment were selling directly to consumer. They're going directly to retail or they're going directly from the website. And I thought these gym owners are all struggling. They're all trying to pay their rent and they don't have a passive income. And I thought, you know what, let me go directly to the gyms and start wholesaling to them and giving them the opportunity to resell it to their customer base because they already have the customer base. And that's how everything started. And 96% of my business till today is wholesale. So we design, we manufacture the goods, we wholesale them to gyms and we allow the gyms to upsell and profit off their members. So everybody's a win-win. And and it's just, it's, it's, it's been 15 years in the making and, and we're all these companies that jumped on board, those tapples, they all, they all have fallen off and we're still striving and doing well. And every three months we revamp all our equipment line. We revamp everything. I'm always, well, now with the pandemic, I've, I've been focusing a lot more on fitness equipment. So we're always angling towards where the market, I, I feel the market is going to trend. So I try to be ahead of the market at every time. And because of that, we, we've always been successful. I love that. Well, and something I really respect about you is you have all these years of experience. Um, and now I, I see you maybe making a somewhat recent shift to social media and building like a personal brand and podcasting and stuff. And it's just, it just goes to show that you're someone who's, you know, you're being where you need to be. Uh, you're also standing out and being different and making it your own. Um, but let's talk about that too. Like how, social media has has been able to play a role recently it's you're you're well aware of it parker social media world is a different world altogether it is it's something that i'm i'm still trying to learn i'm still trying to master i'm still trying to understand because it's 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 the big boy game what i mean by that is you could grow really rapidly on social media if you have the marketing budget if you have the money if you want to allocate the money the, the organic world of growing social media has passed. It's long gone. So you have to either be extremely, extremely aggressive to grow even small organic steps. When I mean aggressive, I mean aggressive in the way where your content has to be so precise. You have to figure out your target audience, figure out who you want to target, and you and you have to be so precise and on it all the time. Right now, LinkedIn, um, probably, probably is probably one of the only ones that's still organic that I, that I could see, but Facebook organically is done. Instagram is quickly falling apart organically. So it's, 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 it's a big boy game now where how much money you want to spend on, on ads and stuff like that to help you keep growing your platform. But social media is also something that's is amazing because it, it's, it, it, if you're, if you do it properly and you put the proper content, you're in front of thousands and thousands of people. And, and, and we live in a, in a, in a situation in, in an era where this is probably the greatest era to advertise and for a company to grow because 15 years ago, you didn't have this platform. If you wanted to start a podcast, you wanted to start a coaching business, like you're, you're begging for somebody to find you. Now you could be in front of thousands of people with a click of a button, right? So it's, it's, it's a different world. I'm learning it. Um, we've talked about off the air. I'm learning it and it's, and it's, I'm, I'm working really hard to build for the first time in my life, myself as a brand. I've always felt like I've known how to run a business. I've always been successful with all the companies I've always done. I've always been able to build brands. But for the first time in, in my life for the last five, six months, I'm building myself as a brand. So it's, it's, it's getting people to see who you are and, and be as real as you possibly can. So there's a lot of people that look at my social media feed and they're like, 
and I get companies reaching out to me all the time to help me with my social media. And they're always like, Oh, you should be more precise. And you see a lot of people with their social media feeds and it's like one white picture, one, one motivational post, one way it's everything. So sequence, everything's so perfect. And I'm just like, whatever I have that data post, I post. <laughs> and, and, and I want to be me. I want people to see it's me. I want to be able to talk. I want to put pictures of my kids. I want to see the progress that they're doing. Like I want it to be me. And, and, and if people want to follow me, they follow me. If they don't want to follow me, they don't follow me. So I have that mindset. And, and because of that, I'm just being me. It's, it's, it's slowly but surely growing in the right direction because I'm being as real as I possibly can with it. Right. Right. And I, I feel like another thing too, another angle with this is you have so much credibility before you were on social media. That, that's something um, that kind of frustrates me about, you know, what I see on, on Instagram oftentimes. Uh, and I really, I'm not here to like tear others down and discredit what other people do, but there's a lot of people who claim to be something on social media who have not done those things. And so it's, it's really kind of scary for the consumer to, discern like, okay, who's legit, who's not legit. And so I just want it on record uh, for those listening that that Jeff here is a legit person. <laughs> and if you need I help from that. someone who has, has the experience before building, you know, a social media, more personal brand, uh, dude, you've, you've built stuff way before social media. So I respect that. You know, you know it's, it's interesting, Parker, that you're saying that. And it's, it's hard sometimes for me to swallow when I, when I, when you flip through your social media feed and you're getting, you're getting advertisements every two seconds, right? If you're into coaching, you're getting tons of coaching and everybody wants to be the coach's coach. And you're getting a lot of these individuals that are the coach's coach and they're there to motivate and guide coaches or, but when I see exactly what you're saying, they've never built nothing themselves. They've taken some motivational coaching certificate for two months and then all of a sudden they feel like they could coach a coach to be successful and and they don't have the life experience like i i've had i had an individual um reach out to me for help a little while ago and, and in our conversation i kind of gave him a glimpse of where my next venture is with with fathers and entrepreneurs and within like three months two months and, and i said listen i'm doing this slowly because i want to do it properly when i launch something i want it i want it to be right i don't want to launch something half-assed and then be always angling and correcting when i launch something i want it to be done right couple months ago, not even a couple weeks ago, I should say, um, this individual came out with a whole program for father entrepreneurs. And I'm like, seriously, like you're really doing this. <laughs> and the best part is, is this individual has like a, like a, like a, like a six month old baby. I'm like, you haven't even been a dad for six months. Like you, you haven't been through hardship. You haven't seen stuff. You haven't like, how can you say that? And, 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 and this is the same individual that a couple of days before was calling me for advice on fatherhood. So it's, it's, there's a, the consumer has to make their own decision. That's first off, but you have to just realize that do your research, do your research and make sure that person, if you're going to dedicate your hard earned money to learn something and understand something, do your research on that person, see what they've done. If they accomplish what they're trying to teach other people. Right. So that's, that's, a, that's a big thing with consumers out there right now. It's just, there's so much out there make sure you do your research. Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's bad to, well, I would say it's bad to, you know, completely copy someone else, but um, let's kind of dive into that too. Like the differences or, or the balances of, you know, doing something that someone else is doing and kind of following in their footsteps and learning from them. 
and also, you know, making things your own and being your own person in the space. Like another thing that you've done is I think you just said it with the Kimura brand and stuff is whenever someone in business does something or a market goes a certain way, you swing another way and try to make it unique in your own way and stand out amongst competitors. So what are some of your thoughts on that? Okay. First off, I think the number one rule for entrepreneurs, if you're going to take anything out of this podcast, never fear competition. Competition, you should, you need competition to be a winner. You have to be in some form of competition. You're not going to be a winner on your own all the time. So competition is something you should embrace, love. And there's two ways of going about this. A lot of people don't believe in my mindset with this, but I have the mindset where I never look at my competition. With Kamorware, there's so many guys that start a company in, the, in this in this in this in this segue in this industry on a weekly basis. I get competitors all the time. And when I started Kamorware 15 years ago, there were six big dogs in Canada that had been established. And and all I thought in my head was, within a certain period, I put myself a date. I want to be the top dog. And and I never looked at what they were doing, how they're doing it, what they're doing. I just focus on myself. And, and every time I would focus on the industry and I would see how the industry is happening and I would try to shift and be ahead of the industry. And because of that, a few years ago, um, about a year and a half ago, the last of those companies, which is a company that was established for 30 something years, went bankrupt. So if you just stick in your focus in your lane, focus on yourself, focus your attention. A lot of people focus on the competitors and always want to see what the competitors are doing. There's nothing wrong with once in a while taking a glimpse of what they're doing. Because you don't, I, I'm a strong believer. You don't have to believe. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. So if you see something happening that's really, really working well, take it and make it your own. Take your own little turn on it. But at the same time, too, don't waste your energy focusing on your competitors. So when I look at right now, I'm, I'm, I've, I wouldn't say I'm entering because I've been doing business coaching for almost three years um, for entrepreneurs. I've never charged a penny. For three years, I've dedicated and I've taken so many young entrepreneurs on my wing and I've helped them guide them. And, and a few of them actually built multi-million dollar companies now. And I've been there from day one journey helping them. And, and like I said, I've never charged a penny because I, I wanted to give back to young entrepreneurs. But when I look at this industry of the, of the coaching business now and, and mentoring business, it's, it's so competitive. You, you know that. You look on social media, everybody's a coaching coach's coach or a coach of some form. Especially with the pandemic, everybody's in front of the computer. People are trying to take advantage of that, right? So you can't look at your competitors. You have to look at what you could offer and what's the best version of you that's going to be available to give to your consumers and just focus on that and just be the best version of you and give the best value for that consumer. And and you're going to hope that they are going to stay with you. If they don't stay with you, there's millions and millions of other people out there. If you don't get customers, there's enough customers for everybody. So if you're not getting customers, it's the bare fact that you're not out there hustling and trying to find them. That's a really good point. I think I'm going to clip that part probably specifically (laughs) to share on on social media or uh, make some quotes out of it. Really, really good point. I don't think we've talked about that here on Upbeat. Uh, So thank you for bringing that up. Man, I think I'd like to ask before I move on to anything else, if there's anything we haven't touched on that you really want to make sure we bring up into the, into this episode. If you want to be successful at anything you do, you have to be the hardest worker in the room. I go into my office every single day and I'm going to outwork my staff. I'm paying them through the pandemic. I haven't cut myself a check in seven, eight months, whatever it is. I haven't cut myself a check, but I still work harder than everybody else here. 
and and you lead as an entrepreneur you lead by example i'm i'm i know a lot of entrepreneurs that get this certain part in their career they say oh you got to fire yourself or at this part of your career you have to be able to delegate a lot of your work and that's the only way you're going to grow i agree with all that but i'm also in 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 the mindset is you have to lead by example you have to be the you want to be the captain of your team you don't want to be the guy on the bench i don't i don't believe in coaching I believe in being a captain. So if you're the coach sitting on the bench of a sports team and giving orders and saying, hey, you line one, line two, go out. But I'm the captain. I go out and I'm going to grab that puck of your hockey analogy, for example, and I'm going to grab that puck and I'm going to score that goal and lead my team to championship. You want to be the captain of the team. You don't want to be the coach. If you could focus yourself on being the captain of the team as an entrepreneur, you're going to be successful. Because people are going to, people navigate, people gravitate to leaders. So being the captain, being the leader is what's going to gravitate people to you. Man, really, really love that. Another, another clippable, <laughs> clippable saying. <laughs> awesome. Well, I appreciate you being here on Upbeat. Um, this next little segment that I have, I think you might have seen some, some of them already in some of the beatboxing, but uh, it's called the I'm Upbeat excited, Seat. Sir. So are you cool if 100%. we move into that real quick? hundred percent. Let's go. Let's hit it. Jeff, what makes you upbeat? Love for life. I, I wake up every day and I'm 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 so grateful for for my life. I'm I just I love I love everything that's happening in my life and I try to be as positive as I can with that. Awesome. And I can see uh you know, I'm a real big fan of of your background there, your big wall. Uh but the, this question is what is or who is rather your number one influencer inspiration? Uh, when it comes to business, it would be my grandfather because he was a natural entrepreneur. But when it comes to life, it's my dad. I mean, like as hard as my dad had to work, my dad could have easily, easily worked a lot more and made a lot more money and been more financially free for him. But my dad, as a, and I, I did a post on this the other day, now that I'm 43 and I can sit back and look and, and understand his mindset, he understood what, what wealth really meant how many years ago? To him, wealth meant freedom, freedom to spend time with his family. So he knew he had to work like a dog Monday to Friday to be able to work and have every weekend off with his family. There's a lot of people that worked, a lot of individuals that worked at Ford Motors with my dad 30 years ago, and they would always work the weekends because weekends would be either pay time and a half or triple time. It matters the day. And that was a lot of money back then. But back then working at Ford, you're making 30 bucks an hour. Now, double time, triple time, you're making a crazy amount of money. And my dad never worked one weekend because every weekend he was home with his kids. And, 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 and having that and understanding that now, when I was a kid, I didn't understand that. My dad was home. He didn't want to work. He was lazy on the weekends. No, he did it because he understood already wealth meant financial freedom, which I think everybody's got to understand now. Love that. Uh, what music do you listen to to stay upbeat? <laughs> I'm, you know what? I, I'm not, a, I, I don't, I don't have a specific genre or anything like I just whatever's on the radio like I the only time I'll listen to music is when I'm in the car and I have three things I do in the car it's funny because I was actually about to do a post on that today there's three things I do in the car I drive a lot because my properties um, are about an hour an hour and a half I have another uh, we're I don't even talk about this but we're building a, a 16 acre cabin resort up in Muskoka which is two and a half hours of drive we're in the process of building that right now so I'm in I'm building that that'll be open in uh, summer 2021 so I'm, I'm in the car quite a bit. So my time in the car, I make use of that time. So I make the time in the car for three purposes. One, family time. What I mean by that is I try to call family and friends. 
when I'm driving, I'll allocate a certain amount of time to calling friends that I haven't talked to in a while, uh, business relationships I haven't talked to in a while, or my family members and spend time talking to them. So I, I allocate that time. Um, the next thing I do in a car is education, whether I'm listening to an audiobook or a podcast. But the third thing I do is when I come home before on the way home every day, I just listen to music because I find there's nothing better than just singing out loud and dancing in the car. It just brings your, your energy up. So when I get home, I'm, I, I feel like I have a second life in this because that, that half an hour, 20 minutes listening to music in the car. So whatever's playing on the music in the car, I just listen to and I sing out loud to myself. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, what's something that's happened recently, maybe even this week or last week, um, that's that you're super proud of? My son. I mean, he's uh, he just hit forty. Uh, he hit a he hit a five k run in under forty minutes, which is a huge accomplishment. I like I literally had tears in my eyes. So anytime I see my kids accomplish something, it just it just uh, even my daughter two weeks ago, not even two weeks ago, um, she's been doing uh, competitive dance for a little less than two years. She'd been wanting to do it for all these years, but because I was so dedicated with my son and getting him to his level, I didn't have the time to, she always did dance, but never competitive. Uh, about a, two years ago, um, she, had, she came, she kept asking and asking, say, listen, a weekly trial part-time competitive, which is one or two competitions, it's a few times a week. And, and if you do well, you have two competitions. View well, and you prove to me you're dedicated, I'll allow you to following year to trial for the full-time team. So she went in, is a proud dad moment. So she went in, she did the part-time competition. She won platinum. She won both competitions. I'm like, wow, okay, this kid killed it. So the next year I had no choice, allow her to trial for the, the full-time team. She made the full-time team. She came to me, she says, dad, there's a high performance team. Um, it's gonna be like three, 400 girls. I know I'm not gonna make it. I just want to try out for the experience. I'm like, yeah, good, go for it. Pay the, pay the registration. She tried out. I get a call about a week later that she made the team. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And so she made the team. And, and uh, what we did was uh, the surprise, or I didn't even tell her, I actually took her to Starbucks because what I do with my kids is I don't reward them with presents. I reward them with time and love. That's one thing I always do. I, if somebody, one of my kids accomplish something, I'll take them out for the day and let's just go hang out. Let's go have dinner together. Let's just to enjoy the moment. So I took her out and we went out for the day for a bit. And then I took her to Starbucks and, and as she sat on the patio, this is obviously a year and a half ago when she sat at the patio and, um, and I got the Starbucks, um, uh, the clerk to write on the cup, you made sip the high performance team. And so she's drinking her cup and I'm like, what's, what's that on your cup? And she looked at her cup, she read it. So she, I had a picture actually on Instagram. She was all shocked about it. And long story is, is when you're on the high performance team, usually you have to be on the team for about four years before you, you get either a duet or, or you get a solo. And uh, this is her second year in the high performance team. And in her second year, she's already got a solo duet and three team dances offered to her, which is crazy. So that's another proud moment in the last couple of weeks where this kid's just, uh, my, both my kids are just, they're just so focused. And, 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 it's, and it's, it's so inspirational to see, right? I, I get inspired by watching my kids, what they do, right? Yeah, definitely inspiring. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, okay, favorite word. Purpose. I mean, something I a purpose or believe, but I say purpose, everything, everything. I'm a strong believer that everything in your life, you have to have a purpose for it. That's what drives you to, to, to actually succeed on it. And I'm a strong believer that you don't have to have one purpose. You can have hundreds of purposes. I have a purpose to get my car to drive faster. I'm going to work on the engine. Like you have different purposes, right? As long as you have a purpose, it gives you a drive to, to get something accomplished. So the word purpose is probably in my most powerful world. And then favorite social media platform and where people can connect with you. Right now, it's Instagram. Um, I, I, I'm on all the platforms because I feel like you have no choice nowadays. But I, I, Instagram is still my favorite. I like the visual aspect of it. I like being able to 
um, get lost looking at photos and I like being able to tell and tell my story through my photos and my videos on Instagram. And you can get hold of me is at uh, Jeff Lopes, uh, J-F-F-L-O-P-E-S. Love it. Well, per usual, uh, and I think you've been expecting this part. <laughs> this is my. This is what I've been. This is the reason I came on the podcast. I can have this. <laughs> awesome. I'm excited for it. <clears throat> Love it. Love it. <laughs> Were you uh, able to when, 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 yeah, I was able to hear it. When, when, did you, when did you find you had a talent for this? I'm going to throw this at you now. <laughs> uh, well, it was when I was nine years old. Um, just the basics. I was watching Justin Timberlake beatbox when he was in, in sync. Um, and then just kept with it. And it was like 14, 15 years old when I started more of the dubstep stuff, the, um, but yeah, just always kept with it. So it's been part of my life, almost my whole life. (laughs) That's awesome. That is awesome, man. This has been a, it's been a fun episode. I hope I, uh, hope he kept you entertained. I'm excited and, uh, give everybody, uh, uh, everybody that listens to us, um, we got the Jeff Nosing podcast. I'm going to have Parker and Y episode very soon as well. Um, I'm hoping to keep a long-term relationship with Parker. Parker's got a lot of things happening and a lot of things to look forward to a bright young future for this um, incredible young individual. So thanks for having me on brother. So there you have it. My interview with Jeff Lopes. Uh, we'd love to connect with you. Of course, you can find me on my website, parkercane.co, parkercane.co, and Jeff on his Instagram, which is Jeff Lopes, J-E-F-F-L-O-P-E-S. Uh, and there he's got links to all of his links, including one to his podcast, the Jeff Knows Inc. podcast which you got to go check that out. I'm going to be a guest on that show sometime soon, and I can't wait for that. Uh, So go follow and stay tuned. Guys, if you enjoyed this episode or got value from the episode, please share it with a friend and leave an upbeat review that is always much appreciated. You guys are the best. I'll see you next week. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Subscribe at parkerk.co.